Hey, all of you beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of the Search for Serotonin podcast, a show about releasing the stigma surrounding mental health and finally finding your own happiness. I'm your host, Carolyn Farrick, and I'm sharing my most vulnerable stories around my own mental health journey in an open and authentic way to help you feel less alone in your struggles. We all deserve to be happy and we don't need to find happiness alone. So welcome to the search committee. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week of the Search for Serotonin podcast. Today, I am joined by Kalina Powell, who is a young entrepreneur who loves to help others in their personal growth and educate others about the deaf community. Little do people know, Kalina is actually a hard of hearing person herself, and she became deaf at the age of four. She recently graduated with a psychology degree and is now starting her own online coaching business while finishing working on her book. So we're going to be talking a little bit about mental health, disabilities, um, and obviously, you know, Kalina has a lot going on with her coaching business as well as her book. So we will talk a little bit about those as well. So Kalina, thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So do you want to start by just introducing yourself to everybody? Let us know who you are and how you kind of got to the point of where you are now. So basically, oh my God, I'm so many things. Honestly, I am international speaker. I am an upcoming author, mental health coach for people who have disabilities. And I also to, um, you know, kind of work with people, how to be inclusive for people who are deaf. Uh, in terms of putting closed caption, what are the appropriate words to use? Because I know a lot of people don't know what words to use to describe someone who has disability. So I help people put a band-aid on that and learn how to, you know, kind of keep the community calm, not to be toxic environments. I know sometimes it can be really heavy on some people because they don't know how to, you know, to talk to some people who have a disability, because I do have came across a lot of people who don't know, so, and they're afraid to talk to me sometimes, and they're like, I'm so afraid to ask you a dumb question, Kalina, I'm like, it's okay, just ask me anything, <laughs> so that is about me. Like you said, there are, you know, so many phrases and so many words that you can use to describe this topic, and I feel like with social media nowadays, with a lot of topics that tend to be viewed as sensitive, people really don't know what the right thing to say is because there's this fear with like cancel culture and everything. So sometimes they just avoid it and like kind of sweep it under the rug and choose to not like acknowledge it at all. So do you want to start by kind of talking about what the correct phrases and words are to use when speaking to somebody who is hard of hearing? You just said it. How do you okay. hearing? The one. <laughs> um, and deaf. And that's it. Or mute. I know some people are comfortable with that word now. Mute. Um, the one word I will always correct people to not use is hearing impaired because basically you're saying that we are deaf and dumb, apparently. Okay. I did not know that. I just found out recently when I got older because I would actually know how to hear an impaired person. So yeah, so that those are the correct ways of describing someone who is deaf. So do you want to talk a little bit about what it was like to become hard of hearing at such a young age and what effect did that play on your childhood? Uh, oh my God, so many. I would say my mental health just started like crazy when I became when I became deaf at the age of four. You know, my life was a huge transition. I had to learn how to hear again. I had to learn how to communicate again. I had to learn how to speak again. So you know, when I got older, it really did trigger me a lot because I didn't know how to kind of fit in because not everybody I come across you met someone that is deaf. 
So it would be hard for them to kind of accommodate me and for me to ask them for help because they don't know how to act and they don't want to overstep the boundary with, with me. And, you know, I know a lot of people respect other people's privacy, especially people who have disabilities. Um, of course, I have been bullied a lot of time when I was growing up, always been bullied. Um, the bullies obviously helped me to build my confidence even more to uh, like kind of like, you know, get out of my shell more and say, you know what, you need to stop bullying me, okay? I get it, I'm deaf, but you don't need to be rude to me. Um, so that is something I learned, especially, you know, setting up for myself and having the right support system, family system, and my friends. Um, you know, it's really hard because I did not wish any young child to go through that because they're already going through so much. I was already going through so much at home alone and, you know, and because they're kids, they don't know. Yeah. And especially at the age of four, you know, you're just kind of learning to have your own voice and start communicating on your own. But do you want to talk a little bit in depth about more of how like your mental health was affected at, in that time period of childhood? Was it leading to more insecurities or was it more anxiety or was it more like, you know, whatever it may have been? Honestly, it was more toward leading to anxiety. It was because I was so, because my confidence was so loud. Like, I did not feel comfortable just because I went to two different schools, actually. I actually went to a deaf school in the morning, and then I went to a hearing school in the afternoon. So my personality was so different. When I tell you guys, I was so comfortable in one community, and in the next community, I was so uncomfortable. And I was just like, why should I suffer in one community? Where So that's where my anxiety got really, like, it's weird. I don't how to know how to explain it. For those who know, you probably know what I mean. Yeah. And um, it's just weird because I was just like in the hearing community, I was like, oh my God, okay, how, how do I talk, you know? And how do I interact? And it was just, and it, uh, honestly, I literally put my hair name in the garbage. Just to say that because my self-esteem was so low. I didn't even want to even go to the hearing school at all. The point where my mom said to me, no more deaf school because it's too far for us. I was like, what? So right there, like, my mental health got went crazy, to be honest, such a young age. Like, I was so depressed the point where teachers overdoubt me. They, they doubt me so much. Like, the point where they put me in a classroom where I didn't even need to be in. That was even more triggered on me because I was like, okay, I'm really having daddy talking to students that not even like me. I don't even know. And then now you're putting me in some weird classroom that I don't even need to be on. And it just kind of kept going with me because I get nervous and I, I get scared talking to teachers, even in high school. High school, oh my God, these teachers didn't want me to be succeed in post-secondary, the point where they put me back for one extra semester because they didn't put my grades in for post-secondary. They thought I was not capable of post-secondary. That's what I mean. Like, it's just some, it's just teachers. I I don't hate them, obviously not, because there's some great teachers out there, but there's so many teachers don't understand and realize that you can affect these little kids' minds so much because remember, we're with you more than with our parents. And you got to remember that parents are relying you to be our guidance or teach us how to the next step. Because there's parents that don't even have time. There's parents that are running business. There's parents that are, you know, who can't even get a job nowadays. There's so many things out there. And it's just that, that because, of, because of my growing up and dying depression, it all comes but just because of school. And, um, you know, luckily, when I got into university, 
it was even better because all the teachers were more knowledge and more educated about disability and how to be more inclusive. I guess because it's bigger and I guess they want every student to succeed on like elementary school and high school. And that must be so disheartening to have your teachers purposely trying to make your everyday life harder when you're already dealing with so much. High school is just an unbearable time to begin with. It is some of my worst memories of my life. So (laughs) I couldn't imagine having teachers trying to like almost sabotage you on top of that. Their whole purpose is to help you progress and help you find out what you want to do after graduation, you know, whether it be go to college, go to university, or go to a trade school, or just go right into working, but they're supposed to, you know, give you those tools and set you up for success. So that's just insane to hear that anybody would say, oh no, we're going to hold you back and we're going to prevent you and you're not capable. So that must've been very disheartening to hear. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Did you ever consider the option of homeschooling because, you know, in-person schooling was just a lot um, homeschool was not a choice for me, to be honest. My family worked. No yeah. more. Like, yes, I was mature. And like, had, I grew up quick because I became deaf. Um, it was just that, it was just too much for my mom. My mom was a young mom, actually, when she had me. So it was already too much for her. So she was in college. My grandma was a nurse. My aunt, she was in middle school. So no one was home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes, yeah. So you said you had to mature very quickly because of becoming hard of hearing. So do you want to talk about kind of the effects that had on you as, even though you were maturing quickly and kind of taking on the role of an adult, how did that affect you as a child? Um, it affected me as a child in terms of, I look at people different. Okay. And in terms of shows and social media, um, it, it literally made me see the world different. That's what it is. I did not look at every hand person the same. I would usually hate on them. Like, I'm not going to touch that person because that person's hearing. Like, I used to be really, like, negative when I got older. And I, especially at a young age, I did not want to be talking to my teacher. Like, I would be like, I don't want to talk to you. Goodbye. And there's some days where I skipped school because I didn't want to go. So that did impact me a lot when I was younger. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So do you want to talk about how you kind of manage living day-to-day with a disability and what that kind of looks like for you? Oh, it's so hard. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody. It's not easy. People see my social media, they're like, oh, you make it so easy clean. No, it's not easy. (laughs) I wish it was easy. Um, My daily day with facing disability is very challenging. It's hard for me to get a job because people look at me different, right? Um, I literally, as soon as the pandemic started, I quit my grocery store job because my boss didn't know what she was doing. And, and she knew I was deaf, that's the funny part. And um, because of the max, because I'm a lip reader, so I have to read your lips heavily to hear the whole sentence. And um, what else was difficult for me in COVID? Um, not just COVID, but everyday day life in terms of social media, like, there's no closed caption on social media. So it, it could be really difficult for me to follow along or turn off the volume, you know, and especially if someone have an accident. Oh gosh, I hate this. You know, when someone have an accident, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, wait, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, wait, I'm so sorry, I'm so deaf, wait, 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 wait. I'm always like, wait, like I'm very outspoken a lot because, you know, my disability actually taught me how to advocate for myself and not to be afraid. And um, so that's, 
those are like the literally the top thing that I struggle a lot, especially someone who has disability. It's interesting that you mentioned, you know, like it's being, it's like going on social media and it's hard to watch those videos. And you, like you said, if somebody has an accent and they talk so fast, it makes it even more difficult. But I was actually looking at your social media before we started chatting and I was like, oh my gosh, like her socials, like look so good. Her posts are awesome. And like, you couldn't, like, like you said, you know, you couldn't even like tell and like people were saying you know you make it look like so kind of effortless almost but that's the harmful part of social media is that not everybody's showing every experience they're showing you the polished perfect version so I think that's important to remember people for people out there is to not judge people based off their social medias because it's not always the full story with more video content becoming relevant and what's being kind of taking over social media. And I know that algorithms are pushing shorter and shorter videos that are kind of quick and faster. So it gets more views. What do you think of those kinds of videos and how do they, you know, are you able to watch them? Do you just get past them? What's your take on that? Um, I would say I'm glad that they're making it shorter for people who are deaf and hide your hand because it's quicker and it's easier instead of like fast forward it, especially me, I'm the type of person who fast forward if it's relevant. Yeah. And um, um, the only bad thing about short videos is especially if they have music in the background, that's what makes it hard for a lot of people like myself who read the sound. I'm like, oh, what they're saying? Oh, and, and it's gone. And you're like, already? Mm-hmm. So that's the only problem I have with it. Yeah. Yeah. I am also like, I'm not a big fan of the shorters because I take a really long time to read. So I'm like halfway through a sentence and then it like restarts or switches. And I'm like, this is just too chaotic. Like, can we just have a normal time video? Can we all just relax? (laughs) Um, Okay. So I actually really wanted to ask this question. Um, So my own father actually became disabled after having a stroke a few years back. And once he became disabled, I started to notice, you know, out in our everyday lives, there were a lot of things that weren't catered towards people with disabilities. So it made everyday life that much more difficult. Um, So I was just wondering if you have any day-to-day obstacles when you're out in society that you run into that other people who are not disabled wouldn't even notice as an issue. Oh God. Okay. Um, Okay. That's a good question. Um, (laughs) First thing first, I would say people assume too quick that's what I realized. They seem too quick. For example, when they just talk to me and I'm like, pardon, can you feel that again? And they over, like, they just shout at me or they be like, oh my God, can you not hear me? And I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I am deaf. So I want people to be careful of what they're saying to people because you never know what they're going through. And for example, my hair loss, like you can't tell I'm deaf. You cannot tell because my hair's down. Half the time my hair's always deaf. Sometimes my hair's deaf, but I don't care. Um, that is the number one thing I got a lot when people just shout at me like, oh my God, can you not hear again? Or um, people just honestly, just, yeah, I would say just assume and they think, they think everything based off social media or movies or show. And I'm just like, it's just a show. It's a makeup. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like people need to be careful with that. Do you ever have people, cause I know on like, TV I've seen this portrayed before where people realize someone is deaf and they'll just like you said kind of like shout but then they'll really slow down their speaking so they'll go like they'll get really loud and they'll draw out words do you ever have people doing that to you and does it annoy you 
oh, I'm the best that. But I tell you, <laughs> I get annoyed. I'd be like, honey, no, 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 no. Fuck up. You didn't even ask, what do I need? So <laughs> I always tell people just be careful, honestly. And just because, trust me when I tell you, you do not want to have a wrong first impression. That is definitely good advice. (laughs) Don't be afraid to ask. Yes, it's a great advice because a lot of people, like I said, have that fear around asking questions. So instead of asking and have a moment of humility and say, I don't know this, but I want to do better. I want to be better for other people out there. They choose to kind of push it down and bear it with shame. So that's why it's so important to have these kind of conversations, to open up the dialogue about it and get people to talk about these things. So then other people hear this and then they're inspired to say, okay, next time I encounter someone who might be going through something that I don't experience, I should ask instead of just avoiding it and making it awkward or like denying it or, you know, making it an uncomfortable situation for you. So I think that's really good advice for people to hear. So do you have any like go-to resources or any kind of advice that you can give to people who aren't disabled, but want to learn more about being supportive? If maybe they have um, someone who is a family member or a friend who experiences being hard of hearing. I would say the number one thing is, um, you know, their YouTube. YouTube is now accessible. There's everything on YouTube. So check out YouTube to check out what you, what your questions are. And, you know, even follow people on Facebook or Instagram check out their pages that you have questions to. And third, there's always Facebook groups, right? There's a lot of support Facebook groups that people can go on. And um, what else do I have? And also to um, encourage with them, encourage the people you they have disability with, encourage with them, take them off a walk, or even take them to an event that you don't even know. Maybe there's a event that's going on and you want to take them, and be like, hey, do you want to go to this event? So most likely will go with you. So that is my top um, resource that I have. Awesome. Yeah, that's good advice. And I think it's important to remind people, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, suggest different things or, you know, following different Instagrams. And I always kind of pushed my audience, especially around like mental health and those kinds of topics. You, as long as you come with or come from a place of love and caring and showing that you're doing it for the right reasons and you have those good intentions, then, you know, you can't go wrong with that kind of strategy behind asking questions or proposing things to do and things like that. Okay. So do you want to talk a little bit about your business and your book? Yeah, definitely. I love this question. Okay. So my business is, um, so I basically work with young professionals from like 16 to 35-ish. I help them with um, in the disability category, but however, I do have the door open for people who don't have a disability. And I know a lot of people see my post and like, I want you coaching, I want it, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so I do one-on-one family and couple therapy, not therapy, uh, coaching session. Um, because I'm not a therapist yet. I tell people I'm not a therapist, I'm just a coach. Um, so I do those three sessions. Um, so I do have three different like packages. Um, so I do have a beginner, the mini, middle, and then the, the VIP one. So basically what I do, I meet with you once a week for one hour. It depends on what package you get. All, if you go on my website and you check out all the packages, they have different time frame of when I can see you. Um, based on my clients, they all love me because I actually help them. 
to think outside of the box and think positively. So I focus on positive psychology instead of negative psychology. Because positive psychology is where I focus on the now sort of goal, like your goals and what is your goal for now and the future. That's what I focus on. I do not focus on too much on trauma. I think when people get confused, I'm like, no, I do not. Just because I feel like trauma should not be the number one thing you should carry with you in the coaching sessions, just because I feel like people should focus on now and the future. That is my opinion. And um, my book is called Every Day I Am Just Deaf. So it's about me being deaf in the hand community. It's mixed with poetry and biography based on my own personal experience. And it's only 95 pages, which is not too long. Um, so I'm super excited to bring that out. It should be released by May 1st. If not, May 29th, which will be my birthday. I'm trying to get every way to pre-order by May 1st. That's the goal. But because of the pandemic, of course, um, things kind of got pushed back. I love that. And I can't wait to see your book when it comes. And I also love that you focus on positive psychology in your business, because like you said, there are so many people I've talked to people. I've talked to two people now who have like specialized in trauma. All they focus on is helping people through trauma. And so it's nice to hear kind of the flip side where someone takes, oh, I'm going to focus on the positive and moving forward kind of approach. So do you think that resonates more with your clients by taking the positive approach? Yeah. Um, so I know my client, I remember she was just so upset and she was talking so much of her trauma and we were just really sitting down and looking at the different, uh, if she were to focus on things now and she realized that it was preventing her from moving forward. Yes, trauma can prevent you from moving forward, but if you can flip it and look at it, like, what is my lesson? What did I learn from that situation so I can bring this moving forward? So that's where I help my clients a lot in terms of positive psychology. My client, I see she um, she came from a really um, it's a, a toxic work environment and she was just so into it. And, um, and then I actually brought the positive side to her and she didn't realize that she had something inside that, that was so positive to come out. So it's really unique and really cool that I was able to do that. With. And then you also mentioned that you're not a therapist yet. Is that what you want to do with your psychology degree? Is that the end goal? Yeah, that is definitely my end goal. Awesome. And are you still going to focus on, you know, positive goal setting in if, yeah. when you're a therapist? Yeah. Yes. So I have two final questions for you that I asked everybody at the end, but before I do that, I want to give you the space and the time to talk about anything else. Maybe that we didn't touch on that you think is important to share. I would say that we touched on a lot of things. I, there's nothing to add. I just wanted to say that, you know, just don't be afraid to don't look for a coach. Don't be afraid to look for a therapist and, you know, and don't listen to the background of people saying you can't do this or because you have this and this. It's possible. If I can do it, you can do it. Since this is the Search for Serotonin podcast, I always ask, how do you search for serotonin in your everyday life? What brings you happiness? Ooh, what brings me happiness? Honestly, because I have so much going on. Sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I don't realize I need to go get some sleep. Um, I have to take a step back you know, do breathing, not like meditation breathing. I know some people are like, huh? No, I just take a step back when I'm overwhelmed. One, two, three. I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. And then from there, what I do is I put my music 
who does yes. not love music? Music, hallelujah, I love you for life. Um, I just put on my music and that is where I find my happiness. It's really music. And so where can people find you if they want to continue learning about your journey, they want to stay up to date with when your book's coming out, or maybe they want to book a coaching call with you, where can they find you at? So I have two important choices. So the first one is my Instagram, which is Deb Queen Boss. And my second one is my website, which is cleanitempowerment.com. Perfect. I will be linking both of those in the show notes as well. So if anybody in my audience audience wants to go check out Kalina's Instagram and website, you can easily access that down in the show notes. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Anytime, anytime. If you need any redirected, any help, just let me know. Shout me on Instagram messages. I do check my Instagram messages. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And honestly, if you ever want to come back on the podcast, you want to talk about more, I'm always open to having people. And you were such a great guest, honestly. Like, I feel like this was just such a natural conversation. And I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing about it. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your experiences and be vulnerable. My pleasure. Anytime. All right, everybody, that was it for this week. I am so obsessed with Kalina. She is just such a positive energy. You can just feel all of the warmth and love as soon as, you know, she hopped on Zoom. I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to have a great conversation, which we did. And I'm so glad we were able to touch on super important topics. So if you guys, like I said, want to keep continuing following Kalina and her journey, everything is tagged in the show notes. Also be sure to follow the search for serotonin on Instagram at the search for serotonin. And if you like this episode and you like the interviews that I'm doing on the podcast, please, please, please rate and review on Spotify, Apple podcasts. Give me your feedback, DM me on Instagram, whatever it is. I always love to hear it. So thank you guys for another awesome week of the podcast. And as always, remember this world is better with you in it. This week's song is Take Up Space Sis by Tony Jones. I wanted to use this song for this week's episode because everyone needs a reminder that we all deserve to take up space and we never need to make ourselves small for any situation. So if you want to listen to Take Up Space Sis by Tony Jones, you can find it on the Search for Serotonin playlist, which will be linked in the show notes. Have a great week, everybody. See you next Monday.